Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. I am going to be reading from the English Standard Version. I encourage you, if you do not have uh, a physical Bible with you today, to go ahead and download the YouVersion app. It's a really great app by an awesome church, and it is very helpful as we navigate and as we uh, study through the week, as I encourage you every week, just like you don't eat one day, and then, and then just don't eat again for the rest of the week. Uh, you know, you don't eat once. I encourage you to eat your word every single day. So make sure that you have something to read uh, through. And so uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27, we're going to read this. And then we are going to pray. Bible says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them. Somebody say, and does them. Will be like a wise man. Who built his house on the rock verse 25 and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock Bible says in verse 26 and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man somebody say a foolish man who built his house on the sand verse 27 and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great see look he did he just had to throw extra shade it wasn't good enough for them to, for Jesus to just say that the house fell but he says and great was the fall of it if you will let's bow our heads and pray as we get ready to jump into part three of our blood sweat and tears series God, we thank you so much, Lord, for this preaching opportunity. We thank you so much for the privilege to be able to gather. Even as you said, where two or three are gathered together in your name, there you are in the midst. So we honor you, God. We honor your presence in this moment. And Lord, in this moment, I ask that you would take my mouth and take these words that you have given me to share with your people and let them come across in such an impactful way that it will cause life change and transformation not only this lord god we just pray for every church around this city that is preaching your gospel they are not our competition but they are our co-laborers so we pray that they win because when they win lord jesus the kingdom wins and then we all win so let lives be impacted therein and around the world all of our friends the churches that we oversee and cover bless and be with them as well and we thank you and give you honor and praise in advance in Jesus' name, let everybody say, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Can we put our hands together one more time? One good time. Come on, come on. For the Lord. Glory to God. Listen, I'm excited uh, for those who are just coming uh, for the first time or those who are tuning in for the first time. We This is week three of our Blood, Sweat, and Tears series. And so really, we've been looking at the fact that God's desire for us is to connect us with our calling. Because he didn't just put us in the earth by happenstance. He didn't put us in the earth by mistake. He didn't put us here to guess it and try to figure out what we're here for. Uh, he put us here with a purpose. Come on, somebody. He made us and imbued us with purpose. And he put us here for us to carry that out. And so the goal that we should have is not to die until we have carried out what God has called us to do. And so, uh, so, so consequently, we are building a life. And everybody is building a life. And the fact of the matter is, this life that you're building 
Uh, Jesus makes it clear because one day we're going to have to give an account for this life that we've built and how we built it. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week. But the fact is that we are going to have to talk to Jesus about what we did with that which he has given us. And so it's imperative for us to look at how we build because Jesus makes it clear that when we build, as I told you last week, we are to build with wisdom. Somebody say build with wisdom. We're to build with God's backing, as was the title of the message this past Sunday. We've got to build with wisdom. We've got to be punctilious or careful as we build. Because if we build following, as Jesus said in these words, we follow, build following his words, we'll be building as a wise person and also we will be building with, uh, with, with, with his word as our foundation. And when we do so, the world and things will happen around us, but... Even though we will face problems, even though we will face challenges and circumstances, because both the foolish and the wise man, I told you last week, their houses both got hit up. So walking with wisdom does not hinder you from heartbreak. Nonetheless, at the end, the Bible makes it clear, the guy who was built on the word and followed the words of Christ, that person was left standing. Whereas the person who built foolishly, who ignored and went aside to what it is that God had declared and what Jesus had said. He says that person, that person's house fell and great was the fall of it. And so I've been challenging you in terms of building. I want to encourage you around building with wisdom because Jesus says some really great things, some things that I think are, uh, will put, bring us to a, the next level of efficacy if we would bring them to pass and we would walk therein. You know, I, I, I just, as I'm thinking about this and talking about building with wisdom, I used to be, you know, it's, it, there's Bajan blood running in these veins, right? But uh, the fact is, you know, if you looked at me in the way that I used to, uh, to act, you would have thought I was a Jamaican, right? <laughs> Why, right? And no Jamaicans come to fight me, fam. I'm not trying to, not, you don't want it with me anyway. Uh, but nonetheless... <laughs> But nonetheless, the whole idea is, you know, people are always like, Pastor, how do you know how to do this? And how do you know how to do that? And how do you know how to do so many things? It's because, fam, I'm like, before I got to connect with what I was called to do, man, I was, man's were out here like a Swiss army knife, fam. Like, we were just picking up everything. We were just shooting arrows everywhere, you know. And it got to the place, my wife and I, we were reminiscing this week as I was sharing with her what was on my heart to share and I was talking to her about it, and we were, you know, saying it's just nuts. Because I always used to be complaining about how I would be doing so much. Babe, I'm doing this. And, you know, kind of a jack of all trades, but a master of none, you know. And it seemed like, and maybe I'm the old, not the only person that's in this position, that even with all the effort that I was putting in, why would things not work? Why was there no, you know, I could do all these. It's just like the person that does all the tricks and, and stuff on the ball court but just can't score. Just can't finish. I mean, some of you, that's an adequate and an accurate picture of your life. There are many of you, you have been going for years and for years. You've been putting in tons of effort in your family, in your marriage, in relationships. And some of you, you're like, man, these no matter what I do in these relationships, it's like I'm just spinning tires on ice. And I'm not going anywhere. Anybody other than me online, maybe anybody that's ever been in that place. And it's like God is saying that in many cases, what I what the Lord ended up showing me. And this is why it's like God says, and I told you last week, there's power in the pause. Come on. So one more time. Somebody say there's power in the pause. 
Somebody online, put that in the chat. There's power in the pause. Because many of us, we think we just got to keep faking it till we make it. We think we just got to keep shooting until we hit something. No, no, no. God has said, God told me, he's like, son, stop shooting. And figure out, consult me about what it is that I have placed you in the earth to do. What it is that I am desirous for you to do in this season. And then he says, watch this. Look at how an archer shoots an arrow. Do they just jump in and just go, no. They aim. Come on, somebody. They aim. They, they get an arrow. They aim and in, in a specific spot and direction. They're not just like, they aim at a bullseye. Come on, somebody. And they pull it back. Come on. There's tension that is faced. Who's with me on this morning? But even with the tension, the tension has purpose. Come on. I have to exercise my muscles in order to release the arrow. But when I, when I pull back and I, exp I experience this tension, I know that when I release, it's headed in a specific direction. The challenge is that many of us, you've been complaining about the tension. Can I preach early? Uh, but there are many of you, you've been complaining about the tension. And God is saying, the tension that you're facing, don't be scared of it. Come on, somebody. The tension that you're facing is with the purpose of being able to cause some momentum to go behind that arrow in a specific area. And there's some of you that have the tension right, but you don't have your focus right. Oh, I feel church already because see, it's like, okay, well, pastor, I got it. I'm putting all my effort in. I'm going in. I'm stretching this thing out, but you're not focused in the right direction. And right now, especially in this season with all this craziness that many of us are direct, are, are distracted by the winds and the waves in or instead of keeping our eyes upon Jesus, come on, and shooting in the direction that he is calling us to. And I'm believing, I'm just believing it. I'm declaring it over us today as a church come on this august body of believers and those who are watching online i'm believing that god's desire is for us to be able to shoot in a way that is efficacious that we are no longer wasting arrows somebody ought to say that say i'm not wasting any more arrows come on i'm not wasting somebody online ought to type that in the chat i'm not wasting any more arrows there are too many of us we've been wasting the arrows that god has been giving us we haven't been stewarding them properly and you ought to get to the place where you say i'm not wasting any more arrows i'm not faking it till i make it i don't care what they hey i feel him i don't care what they tell me on social media come on i don't care what the kardashians are doing i can barely keep up with the beresfords i don't need to keep up with no fake kardashians oh my um let's move on but the fact of the matter is many of us setting up our lives based upon what's happening with other folk when we need to get to the place where we set up and build our lives based upon the word of God stop wasting arrows get to the place where you and I use the arrows that God has given us to shoot and to aim and prepare to shoot in the direction that he is calling us to and so it wasn't until people look around, they see what we have and they see what's happening in my life, even in our marriage. You know, it's very easy in marital context. Yeah, my wife and I, we celebrate 14 years of marriage this year. And you, we had to get to the place where we stopped shooting arrows, where other people were shooting arrows, trying to build our marriage based upon other people's marriage. Come on, looking at other folk will jack you up. Looking at other folk and compare, I feel this preach, and comparing yourself to other folk will land you in the graveyard faster than cancer. 
Come on. Because at the end of the day, the cancer that comes from you comparing to who did what without you being in their circumstance and their situation will cause you to chase your tail, will cause you to run off a cliff. Y'all think I'm joking, but you know that I'm telling the truth. At the end of the day, we got to get to the place where we stop building our lives based on comparison. Fact is that we've got to get to the place that we know what Jesus says. I love this because there are a number of things. Jesus didn't just talk about building on the rock and building on the sand uh, with, you know, in a, in a way. He doesn't just talk about it and then, you know, without saying stuff first. And what I love about this passage is that there are a number of things that Jesus declared about, uh, about this before he even declared this. He, you know, what preceded Jesus' thoughts regarding building on the rock or building on the sand. So I want us to go. There's so much that I could say. I don't have the time to unpack all of it. But I just want to kind of take some broad strokes and look at what he was saying. Because notice he says, those who don't keep my words are like a man that builds his house on the sand. And great is the fall of this house once it is tested. And this is why faith that's not tested can't be trusted. But that's a whole nother sermon. But then he goes on and he says, he makes it clear and he says, the person that builds on the rock, that person is tested, but they will stand the test. And so I was challenging you, you know, he, he, he goes, he actually precedes this passage, right, in context with telling us what it looks like. So, yes, in general, we can say following what Jesus says positions us to build with wisdom and to have him at the substratum of our lives and at our foundation, right? However, uh, there are specifics that he talks about in this passage. And so let's do some broad strokes. If you will, if you're with me, say, I'm with you. Come on, somebody in the chat, put, I'm with you. I'm with you. Here we go. Uh, let's go to verse 7. What verse did I say? I want us to go, uh, I want us to go back to the top, of, uh, the top of Matthew chapter 7. Uh, chapters Matthew chapter 7 actually uh, we're going to start from verse 1 we're going to start from verse 1 Jesus says judge not that you be not judged <laughs> for with the judgment that you pronounce you will be judged see some people thought that the only thing that comes back to you when you give is money but how many of you knows that you can reach a, reap a harvest from judgment too oh my hey, yeah am I making it up or is it in the text he says, for the judgment you pronounce will be judged and the same measure you use it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's? I'm not making it up. It's in the text. Look, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, remember we're in the context of building and building with wisdom. How He says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye. Then verse 5, I didn't call you this, he called you this. You hypocrite! First take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample underfoot and turn to attack you. I don't even have the time to unpack that. But I will look at the broad strokes of judgment. When you're building your life, watch this. And this is something that's noteworthy for those who are online and for those who are here in the house. Be careful of being or building with judgmental slash hypocritical people. Let me say that again. Thicky, thicky. 
Be careful, talking about the difference between building on the rock and building on sand. Be careful of being, so that's the first part, because most of us want to rush to this next part, or building with judgmental or hypocritical people. Jesus is not talking about calling things that are wrong, wrong. Jesus is not talking, the idea is especially in the area of hypocrisy. Because there are many of us, we look at other people and we build looking at other people, uh, oftentimes comparing, but not only comparing, judging what is in their lives and to the ignorance of the thing that is in our life that needs to be fixed. And sometimes, can I tell you this, people who are judgmental often project onto and see others through the lens of what is lodged in their own eyes. Let me say this again. People who are judgmental often project onto and see others through the lens of what is lodged in their own eyes. So he's saying, Jesus is saying, how can you clearly even help somebody else, you know, you help somebody take the speck out of their eye when you got a log in your own eye? Oh my. And so it's imperative for us to, in other words, check ourselves and be careful with the judgment that we extend to other people as we are building especially. And you have to be careful be, with, with some, uh, surrounding yourself with people who are judgmental and who are hypocritical. People who oftentimes are critical but offer no solution to assist you with walking out what, they've, what they have uh, identified as an issue. Y'all don't want to keep, me real, keep it real with me today. People who are able to identify the issue but will not pre present any solutions to help solve it. So we got to check ourselves always for hypocrisy. See these moving headlights? They're lights right now that are shooting down and they have some sort of a stencil as you can see it on the stage here uh, in the midst of, of this stuff. And we just love our dream team and everybody who's putting together this stuff and who makes it pretty and beautiful for us uh, each and every single week. Come on. In fact, can we give our dream team a hand? Come on in this moment. Thank you so much, dream team, especially production. And, you know, the reason why these things that you see, this cool pattern that's on the ground here, uh, the reason why is because there is a, something called a gobo. Somebody say a gobo. The gobo, thank you, Claire Bear. Uh, the gobo is something that is in the light. And what happens is the light that is shining out is being affected by the gobo that is in there. Come on, somebody. And so what is being projected is what is in the lens of the moving head. And oftentimes when you're looking at somebody, can I just stay here for a minute? When you're looking at somebody and judging them, sometimes what you're seeing is what you're projecting. Sometimes what you're seeing is what is actually in your life. And the fact is you can't look past that. And so when you look at them, what you see is the thing that you're dealing with. But you and I oftentimes are deceived into thinking it's somebody else's issue when it's actually bigger in our lives. Are you with me? Can I let you in on a little secret? This is something I learned a long time ago. And this is why you won't find me in anybody's business. When you are focused on personal development, you don't have time to obsess over the issues of others. 
When you're focused on personal development, you don't have the time to obsess over the issues of others. Come on, somebody. People that are actually, listen, my biggest competition is who I was yesterday. Come on, somebody. Any other witnesses online or in the house? I'm not trying to be better than the next person. I'm just trying to be better than myself yesterday. And if I can perfect who God has called me to be by the grace of God and by his sanctifying power every day that I die and submit my life to him, I will become the best version of myself that I can be and not only that but consequently I will be best positioned to be able to help and help other people grow as well but when I'm so focused on how other people can change instead of looking at what God has called for me to be able to change in my life I oftentimes I'm staying in the same position and I am growing nowhere Focus on being a better husband, fam. Too busy looking to tell you how bad of a husband you are. Because I got to be, I got to look at myself in the mirror. Come on, somebody. I got to move on. But he talks about judgment. So judge not. Don't build with judgment. And be careful of being or building with judgmental or hypocritical people. But not only that, he moves on to verse 7. This is one of the pivotal scriptures in Bible. We're just going all the way through this passage. But I'm just going to point these things out. He says, Somebody says ask. No, 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 no. Put some caffeine, fam. We need some spark Starbucks in there. Somebody say ask. There we go. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. I love it. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be open. Or which one of you, I love to see this, if his son asks him for bread will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent. If you then who are evil or sinners know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Oh my, are you hearing what I'm saying? God is saying not only are we not to build with hypocrisy and judgment and are we not supposed to build with those types of people either. But the fact of the matter is that we're supposed to build without pride. Many of us, the biggest reason why you are not going anywhere or growing anywhere is because of the pride in your life. Come on, somebody. I remember a long time ago, God put in my heart and said, son, sometimes you need to learn how to be the dirt. You need to learn how to allow. So how many of you know that sometimes it's harder for you to receive than to give? When you give, people pat you on the back as a generous person. But uh, you got to oftentimes get to the place where you ask. Because and asking, when you ask, you're positioning yourself in a place of humility. And the fact is that many of us have not been building and walking successfully in what God has called us to. And we're building on sand because we're trying to do it ourselves. And you know, like men, we don't want to ask for directions. Even after, yo, the maps app be leaving man stranded, fam. And we're like, well, man, you know, maybe I'll just go out here and I'll just take another left. And, and my wife will always be in the car like, babe, if we could just stop and just ask some. No, babe, I got it, fam. Just hold on a second. We just, we just need to make a right. And then we make another right. And it's like, you know, nah, just stop and ask somebody who's from there. 
ask somebody who has a better assessment and knowledge of the area than you do. Oh my, I, don't, I wonder if there's anybody that sees where I'm going online. Uh, because the fact of the matter is Jesus is saying that we, in order to build on the rock, that we've got to be to the place where we are willing to ask and we ask with confidence. There are many of you, the reason why you don't ask is not just because of pride, but it's because of self-condemnation. And you don't think, oh my, you don't think or feel that you deserve for God to do good things for you. Come on. Well, how many of you know that in and of yourself, yes, this is the fact. But because of Jesus, come on somebody, when you ask for stuff in his name, God will give you what you need. Come on. He has a thorough assessment. He has an omniscient assessment and, and, and uh, an understanding of what it is that is happening in your life. And when you and I get to the place where we move from our pride and our self-condemnation. Come on. There are many of you, I just want to stay here, who are Christians walking in condemnation. Oh my, you're Christians walking in condemnation. Can I just declare Romans 8, 1 over you? Somebody ought to be excited about it. There is not now therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Let me say it again. There is therefore now no condemnation. It don't matter what you do. You know how many people I slept with. There is therefore now no condemnation. Do you know how many beds I jumped in and out of? There is now therefore no condemnation. You know how many times I lied on my taxes? There is now therefore no somebody ought to be more excited about it than that I wonder if it's a witness in here that knows that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ and I through Jesus can come boldly before the throne of grace and get everything that I need to build this life in a place that is strong this is what the Lord put in my heart last night can I are you ready for this are you ready to say I'm ready here it is. This one. When I, was, I was praying about this as I was getting ready to preach this message. The Lord was like, son, watch this. He was like, he was like, we people, too many people ask me to clean up messes instead of asking me for what they needed to avoid it in the first place. Y'all hear what I just said? We need to start asking God to help us avoid the mess instead of helping us, asking him to help us to fix it. He's like, son, too many people. We just always ask God, God, get me out. God, well, what if you said, God, help me not to get in it in the first place? Come on. What if, oh, is there anybody in here that knows what I'm talking about? How many of us, we just went before the Lord and we just pre-prayed. We said, God, give me the wisdom. Give me the steps that you have set out that will be for uh, my best, that will be for my betterment, that will help me to build today. When I get up and I get on my knees, I'm asking God, God, lead me and direct me and guide me i'm not going through this thing with a guest i'm going through this thing with a guide oh i felt that i had to dance on that i'm not going through this thing with a guest i'm going through this thing with a guide come on somebody i hear you jonathan uh, jonathan Mc, uh, Re McReynolds. is jonathan McReynolds. i hear you jonathan McReynolds. he says i'm not lucky i'm loved Oh my God, you got, I got to get to the place. This is why he says that if we know how to give good gifts to our children, my son's birthday, uh, Gabriel's birthday, my oldest is 12. He's turning 12 tomorrow is his birthday. I can't wait to lavish my son with gifts. I can't wait. He's like, oh yes, fam. 
That sounds real good to me. He back there serving on the lights. Come on, in the production team. And I can't wait to be able to bless my son tomorrow. But if I know how to give good gifts, Jesus says, he says, if you know how to do so as a sinner, imagine what I can give to you. Come on. I mean, God went all the way to where he decided to give us the best gift possible in coming to earth. Can I preach the gospel? And putting on flesh when we were sinners sinking sin in sin far from a peaceful shore. He came to this earth he let him hung him high put a crown of 72 thorns in his head pierce him in his side for you and for me in his hands and his feet and not only did he die but somebody ought to give him praise online and in the house because he got up with all power in his hands and all of us can put trust and faith in him and have eternal life and relationship with God this is the best gift that is ever known to man this proves to us this is God's starting point for his gifts to us Woo! oh my oh, oh, i'm about to lose my mind look, look the gospel is god's starting point of his love if it, if that's the starting point i don't need oh my I, i'm about to take laps around this church the gospel is God. So, you know, some of us know nothing we could ever do. Come on, church, would ever amount to anything uh, that is gospel like uh, that Jesus has done for us. But this gospel is Jesus's starting point. Come on, somebody. He's not dying to meet you. He died to meet you. Come on, somebody and rose from death on the third day. Just like he said, imagine what he can do and what he wants to do in your life. If you would ask him. yeah man i would i just okay i'm not gonna do it james chapter one look james chapter one verse five this is the text this is where he says if any of you lacks wisdom we're talking about building with wisdom if you lack it he says let him ask of god who gives stingily is that even a word no? Okay, it's going to be one today. He says, who gives generously. Oh my. I want generous wisdom from God. He said, he gives it generously. Watch this. To all without reproach. He gives it and he doesn't take it back. He doesn't give grudgingly. Come on. He is a God that gives it to you. So notice we're talking about how he gives. He says if we ask, we will receive. And so we got to put down our pride and we got to open up. There's some of you that are trying to figure out what it is that you are to do with your next step. And you are lacking wisdom. And God is saying, just ask. The question, the answer might not come right now. It might not come in the form that you expect. But just ask. And wait for the sign. And God will give you the direction. Who's with me on today? Okay. So look, not only this. So he says, don't be judgmental. And you got to be to a place where you ask. And then not only that, he goes on and he says, uh, he goes on in verse 12. And he says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, <laughs> do also to them. He says, for this is the law and the prophets. In other words, this summarizes it. It's like he says, love God and love people is a summarization of 
this he also says this is a summary of the law and the prophets that you uh, do to others as you would have them to do to you obviously this is firstly he is talking about making sure that you are just living in a selfless sort of a way and that you are showing great love to people uh, in the same way that you would like to be loved but how many of you know that you and I this is something that he's also saying when we're building that you've got to plant into the lives of others with reciprocity in mind in other words, there are many of us that don't think about how what we plant and sow into others is going to affect our lives. And we don't realize. See, that's what I told you. you. There are many of us, we think that the only thing that we sow when we reap is money. But how you serve in a job is going to determine how people serve you when you're a boss. Oh, my there are a lot of us that we go into an entrepreneurial endeavor. Come on, somebody. And nobody wants to act right. And you act surprised and be like, why is nobody following my leadership? Why is nobody following my instruction? Why is nobody? How did you serve when you were an employee? There's some of us, we need to repent for how you served and acted as an employee in order to break that thing that is coming back to get you because of what you sold when you were an employee. Y'all don't like this type of preaching, do you? This is the truth. Watch this. It's imperative. We have to plant with reciprocity in mind. It's like, you know, people, all these people plant and then, then act surprised at the outcome. You know, I, I remember I used to have friends that would be complaining about nobody supporting their events and nobody supporting their conferences and, you know, and nobody supporting their stuff and all this stuff. And when you look, it's like, man, well, are you supporting people's stuff? Don't give to nobody's stuff. Don't go to nobody's stuff. Always got an excuse. Your grandmama broke her pinky toe and you can't go. Y'all don't want to be real with me. And so you can't support anybody's stuff. But then you wonder why people don't support your stuff. Come on, somebody. We're going to keep it all the way 100. And so the fact is what Jesus says, uh, the apostle Paul, rather, to the church at Galatia in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. He says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, whatever, not just money. If you're cheap and you sow cheaply, guess what's going to happen? Cheap is going to come back. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Can we keep going? I only got a few more minutes. I want you to grab this. So no, not only judgment, not only asking, not only the golden rule, if you will. But then he goes on and he says in verse 15, beware. This is Matthew chapter 7. Beware of false prophets, verse 15, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Verse 16, you will recognize them by their words. You will recognize them by their fruits. Somebody shout their fruits. You will recognize them by their fruits. He says, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. He says in verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So this is powerful because watch this. Jesus not only tells us how we should act, but he also gives us a heads up 
about how to determine who we should listen to and follow after. That's why I tell you all the time, don't take my word for it. You better go and study for yourself when you hear me saying this stuff. I'm preaching line upon line through the scripture, but don't take my word for it. We got to be like the Bereans. Come on, somebody. Acts chapter 17, that they studied the word day and night to make sure that what the disciples were saying to them actually lined up. And we, we got to be to the place. Watch this. Uh, my dad always says that you got to beware of building with people. Watch this. Who talk sweet cream but live skim milk. Talk sweet cream, but live skim milk. What am I talking about? Jesus is saying a prophet. A prophet is somebody that declares, that declares the word of God. It's somebody who speaks forth. It's, 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 it's words. It's words. And watch this. We got to realize that words are often more attracted to, attractive to us than fruit. We live in a generation that is more interested in an orgasm than transformation. This is why the apostle uh, Paul says to his son in the gospel, Timothy, uh, he says, for the time is coming in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3, when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate to themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And so the fact is that we've got to be careful because, because many of us are distracted by words and we're not looking at the fruit, which is the actions and the things that people do. And we've got to get to the place, watch this, uh, that, that watch this, we've got to say this, and, 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 I, and I, want to, I want to say this because there are two things. We often look at what people are saying more than we evaluate what they're doing. That's what this social media generation is about. We're looking at what people are posting. And how many of you know that that filtered, cropped picture is not often the truth? Nine out of ten times, fam. If you were to take off that vignette, if you were to lower the brightness, come on, somebody. If you were to, actually, y'all don't want to be real with me. If you take off that, you know, that filter that's on there, if you open, if you just pan the crop, you would see all of the trash and all the stuff that the way that you're, am I, am I the only person whose house sometimes is just, and you can clear out one spot and take a selfie like uh, uh, clean up Tuesday. You cleaned up that one spot fam. And we oftentimes just judge people and dictate who people are based upon a snapshot. Come on, somebody. Or based upon an orgasm. I'm not looking for titillation. I'm looking for transformation. Come on, somebody. And you and I got to get to the place, even with preachers, that we don't follow the fruitless. Stop following the fruitless. Stop running after people because they can titillate you, but they're not giving you something that's going to transform your life. You know what the greatest form of transformation is uh, through the life of someone who is a declarer of the word is when you look at their life and you see that there's good fruit, not just coming from their mouth, but also coming from their lives. And we live in a generation today where we are literally just following after the fruitless. And this is why we're building our lives on sand. And so Jesus is saying, stop building with folks that don't have good fruit. You have to attend to fruit. Don't just follow what people say, but look at who they are. Look at their lives. There are many, as he said, follow with their lips, with their lips but their hearts are far from him. Have you noticed that the most critical and judgmental people are often those who tell you how to do and, and criticize you about, uh, you know, and tell you what to do? Uh, uh, let, me, let me say it this way. Uh, judgmental people are often those who tell you how to do what they're not doing or have they, they've never done. So the most critical people, they tell you how to be a parent and they've never been a parent. 
Oh, well, you know, I think that you just need to feed him. Or they tell you about how you can have a healthy marriage and what you need to do to have a healthy marriage. And that maybe I'm the only person that ever met those type of people. Can, can I just keep it real? Maybe online. Online, Surf City Online. Are you, do you know what I'm talking about? People that are the most, they're experts. Got no fruit in the area that they are telling you what to do in and criticizing you as a result of. And I just want to tell you this because, you know, once people show you who they are, you got to stop trying to convince them otherwise. You know, no, you're not. You're really, you know. No. You, once you figure it out, you got to walk in it. You know, listen, man, I was, <laughs> my daughter, you know, when I put her to sleep, because I put her to sleep every night, the bedtime is what I do. And she goes in and she has all sorts of shenanigans uh, that she wants me to do. Dad, I'll leave. No, I need you to come in and give me a hug. And then I'll walk out the door. Dad, come on. No, one more kiss. I'm like, okay, babe. I'm gonna, how can I look at that little pretty thing and tell, tell her that, I, that I'm not going to come and give her another kiss? So I come in and give her another kiss. And then she's like, Dad, can you tell me a story? I'm like, yeah, babe, okay, I'll tell you the story. And I start making up. I've made up so many stories just with Claire in the night. Just telling her all sorts of stuff. You know, and then she's like, no, I don't want that story. Every time. I don't want that story. Tell me Little Red Riding Hood. <clears throat> and Little Red Riding Hood, you know the story? How many of you know Little Red Riding Hood? Little Red Riding Hood, she's wearing a jacket. She's going through the forest to go and take some stuff for her sick grandma. And when she goes there, come on, somebody. There's a wolf that starts trailing behind her. Exactly, Claire. And the wolf starts trailing <laughs> That's what you get for having kids in the auditorium. Amen. She's like, Daddy, you're not finna lie on me today. So she provides the sound effects. And so look, this story, he goes and he follows. He goes to the house. He goes and he swallows grandma and so gets into bed. And he is a, uh, he is a grandma in wolf's clothing. Or I, I know I said that wrong. But you got the point. No perfect people allowed. But the wolf is in the bed and the wolf shows up and the little red riding hood shows up. Yo fam, if she was from Scarborough, when she walked in there and didn't smell the ginger mints, when she, what, you, you have to be West Indian to know what I'm talking about. When she walked in there and did not smell the cook-up food guy. When she walked in there, when she's all talking about, what a deep voice you have. From time, from time grandma said anything, man's would have bimmed out the door, two twos. But nah, let's just, let's just suss it out a little bit more. She says, oh, what big eyes you have. Yo, man's going to look at me like, what type of duppy stuff this is, guy? Would have turned around and bimmed out of the door. But she's just continued, what big eyes you have, what big hands you have. And just, go, and just going on, oh, better to hold you with. And she stays there until she gets yammed by the wolf. Come on, somebody. She and grandma now dead uh, because she did not take the signs when it was made clear. Y'all don't want to be real with me. Little Red Riding Hood is teaching us what we are not supposed to do. Jesus says, these are the things that you are to look for. Come on. He says, don't follow people because they tickle your ears. Don't go and listen to YouTube and subscribe to people and join churches just because people make you excited and because people get you happy. Come on. You ought to leave and you got to go. You ought to go and study for yourself. And what's been declared ought to lead to transformation if it is from God. You ought to see the pastor in the pulpit and see him in the grocery store 
and the same person come on somebody that was in the pulpit ought to be the same way when you see them in the grocery store the Christian that is in here that's raising their hands and shut about a hundred and going off and knows how to shuck and jive and got a new tongue each and every single month come on somebody should not be cussing you out in the grocery line if you got the Holy Ghost there ought to be fruit in your life too I don't care how many tongues you talk if you can't show me love in English who am I talking to I don't care how many skills you got you can have more degrees than a thermometer you could have grown up next to Jesus and been born at the manger across the street from him if you do not got any fruit in your life you are a false prophet and you are someone who is not to be followed Somebody that knows what I'm talking about ought to put those hands together and give the Lord praise. Listen, and then he ends. You got to make sure, fam. You got to make sure that you stop following the fruitless. I'm telling you, I'm moving on to this last part. I'm over my time, but I'm, I'm, I'm just bringing, I'm bringing the pain down for a landing here because I'm telling you, man, you got a lot of people. You got a lot of people that are talented, but got no fruit. Not a lot of people that are so talented, and I declare it even apostolically over this city, and I've said it a number of times. We have Toronto is someplace that is full of talent, so talented. Every corner, every church, every everywhere. Look at all the amazing people that have come out of this city, not only on a Christian level, but even on what we would consider a secular level. All of the things that this city is known for on a talent level. But the fact of the matter is that as it pertains to efficacy, and I have this conversation, I want my city not just to be known for talented people, come on somebody, but I want my city to be known because it is efficacious. I want to be known, I want the city to be known. People come to Toronto to be transformed, come on somebody, and especially in the church, in the church of God, I want the king, I want this place to be known more for the kingdom than Carabana. I want this place to be known for the transformation that happens here because of yielded vessels that have not just said yes to God that they can play and they can sing and they can preach but they've yielded themselves to the anointing to where God can bear fruit and transformation can happen in the lives of others because of what he does in their life. And so the fact of the matter is that we've got to build and make sure that we are building and that as we're building that we're not following the fruitless. I said it again. But I want you to get this. And then the last thing. Notice he says in verse 21. This is important. He says. Not everyone who says to me. Lord, Lord. Will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does. The will of my father who is in heaven. On that day. Somebody say on that day. He's talking about when we'll have to give an account for how we built. He says on that day, because all of us putting our blood, sweat, and tears in. But are you doing it on sand? Or are you doing it on the rock? On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Because here it is, because this is what I'm telling you. It's not about talent. Talent is not enough. Works is not enough. Things you do for God is not enough. He says, we cast out devils in your name and do mighty works in your name. And he, then will I declare to them, hear me online, 
I never. Did he say I knew you and then I forgot you? Did I get amnesia? He says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. When it is that we are building, we're building this life that God has called us to. When we're walking in our calling, it is imperative that we don't build idolizing or equating the works of God to a relationship with God. To the place where we're not so focused on doing stuff for God that we forget about the fact that the things we do for God should be the outgrowth of a relationship with Him. And there are many of you that are putting in blood, sweat, and tears for God because you are religious. There are many, can I talk to the person that grew up in church and you think you're going to heaven because you grew up in church and because you've been on the usher board? Getting people to spit out their gum and put it in your hand since you were 10 years old. The junior usher board, the senior usher board. Because you sleep in the church, you're the first person to open it up and close it. Somebody that I'm talking to online. And you may think that your works positions you not going, fam, if you don't have a relationship with him. Don't idolize the works of God over God. You build on sand when you make the works of God. You commit idolatry with the works of God. When you make the things that you do for God more holy to you than the God that you are supposed to be doing the work for. And so there's somebody in here today that you're like, I hear all this stuff. And you're talking about building a life and you're like, man, I, I get it. But I do not have a relationship with this God you're talking about. You see, see, this is the thing, because there are many of you who run around saying, well, well, if I'm just a good person, if I just help old ladies across the street and I just do good stuff and, you know, and I just, you know, if I'm just a good person, I can make it, can I? No, good stuff doesn't get you to heaven, fam. Good stuff, doing good things doesn't get you a well done, my good and faithful servant. It comes through you, watch this, putting your trust and your faith in Jesus. What are you talking about? Why would I do that? Why should I put my trust and my faith in Jesus? The Bible makes it clear that over 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to this earth and he died for the sins of mankind. Somebody saying, why would he do that? Well, thousands of years before this, our first parents, Adam and Eve, disobeyed God. They listened to the voice of the fruitless. And instead of doing that which God told them to, they followed the fruitless and they ended up causing death to not just come upon them who was not created to die, but they then passed sin onto the rest of the world. Sin now is hereditary. That's why you don't have to teach your kids how to sin. That's why you don't have to tell them to disobey. They just do it. It's, it's something that's intrinsic. And the fact of the matter is, the beautiful thing is that this is why Yahweh, the Most High God, says, yeah, you guys screwed up, but instead of leaving you stranded, you heard me talk about it a little bit earlier, I'm going to come, I'm going to put on flesh. Talk about being down to earth. The Most High God put on our flesh, came to this earth, an earth He created, lived perfectly because he knew you and I couldn't 
And this might be saying no perfect people allowed. He knew that you wouldn't be perfect. And somebody, you're sitting here, you're judging yourself. You're the, your hardest critic. Man, I got to get it together before I can make the decision to trust Christ and give my life to him. We're going to be having baptisms going forward from now onward. And, you know, it's going to be exciting. I'm so excited about this season. People who are, have decided to follow Christ. And although everybody can't fit in the building anymore with the spacing guidelines and all that, we're going to start baptizing people. Somebody ought to be excited about that. You ought to put your hands together. Come on, COVID's not going to stop us from being baptized, from baptizing people. But you're in this place and you're like, man, you know, this is amazing. And this is exactly what he did. He came and he died in your place. And he didn't stay dead, but he rose from death with all power in his hands. And he extends this love to you and I as a free gift. And all we have to do is respond to this love. By saying, I believe that you came. I believe you died. I believe you rose, Jesus. Be the Lord. Be the boss of my life. And when we respond by doing this, by giving our lives to him, he gives us new life. He forgives us of all of our sin. Oh, man, is anybody a witness of that? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. And all things become new in your life. And you now can build in a place where you have Jesus as your guide. You're not guessing, you're guided. I'm on the guided tour true life. <laughs> I love this stuff. But it starts with you having a relationship, not doing a bunch of good stuff, not, okay, now how do I modify my behavior to look more? No. Doing a whole bunch of good stuff without a relationship with God is like dressing up a dead person in a casket and spraying them with perfume, but at the end of the day, they're still dead until you put your trust and your faith in Christ so in this moment I'm getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment and if you're here and you're like you know what pastor this is me it's my time to trust Christ it's my time to give my life to him you might even be someone who ran away from him and you're like you know what I haven't been building my life on you I've been building my life on sand and today is the day that I come back home. You might have run away from him, but he has not run away from you. His arms are open wide and he's ready to receive you in fellowship, whether it's the first time or whether you're recommitting your life to him. And so in this moment online and here in the house, this is an pivotal and an important moment. So I'm getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment. And I want in this moment between me you and God, every head bow, every eye close, every head bow, every eye close. Those of you who are watching online, I want you to take some introspection. Look in your heart. Have you made the decision? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he the boss of your life? Are you living a life that is for yourself and that is being built on sand? Are you in relationship with him? I want to call you home today for the first time or to return home. I'm getting ready to lead this prayer of commitment. And it's between me and God, every head bow, every eye closed. And you're like, Pastor, I want to, this is me. I want you to include me in that prayer. Today I give my life to Christ or I come back home to him. With every head bow, every eye closed, if that person is you, on the count of three, if you are not ashamed, I want you to pop that hand up real high. If you're like, that person is me today. Praise God. Here we go. One, two. Three, come on, pop that hand up real high if that person is you. I see that hand. Praise God. I see those hands. Praise God today. Today is your day. 
Today is your day online. I see those hands in the spirit. Praise God. Glory to God. Is there anybody else that will raise those hands and say, that is me? Praise God. Don't worry about who's beside you. They can't see you right now between me and God. Praise God. All right, you can put those hands down in this moment. God bless you. God bless you online. And in this moment, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And I want you to mean it with all of your heart. And people who are here with me, I want you, let's not let them pray by themselves. I want you to pray out loud as well. Pray this prayer as an affirmation of the gospel. And if you are saved, of an affirmation of the salvation that you already have. But let's pray together. And we just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come on, say it emphatically. I believe, I ask you to come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. And be with me now and forevermore. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who made decisions? Come on, the G. Andrew Beresford version says that heaven breakdances over one soul. Come on, we can do better than that. Over one soul that comes to repentance. Come on, can we let online hear us that we're celebrating with you who have made that decision today? Glory to God. I mean, I had somebody from England email us this week and reach out and say, I was here and I made the decision and I heard and I want to be baptized. Come on, somebody. And they come in here to be baptized. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm talking about. I'm saying our family is not just here. But it's literally around the world. And so God bless you today. I pray that this message was a blessing to you. And in this moment, I'm going to invite Trudy Lee Gail to come. And she's going to give us some next steps as to how we can better connect with God. And also connect with what Jesus is doing here at Serve City. God bless you. God bless you, Serve City Online as well. Thank you. God bless you all. Another round of applause for the message. Oh, wow, that's loud. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Uh, here at Serve City, we believe everyone has a next step. So if you have taken that next step and you have accepted uh, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. We want to know about that. So please let us know on the connection card. There will be a link on the screen for you if you're here in person. And if you are watching online, there will be a link below to connect with us digitally. We want to know. Also, if you would like to sign up for Next Steps, you can also do that via the digital link online or here in the house. Uh, it will take place 15 minutes after service. So we'll say 12, about 12.25. Uh, we'll ask you to stay seated, let others edit, exit the auditorium ahead of you just for traffic's sake, and then we will get started in here. And if online, we, you will be sent a Zoom link to tune in here. Uh, was there one more thing? Oh, yes. Also, we have a physical box now at the back. So in case some of you would still like to give your offering by a cash or check in, in person, we're not passing buckets anymore but if you'd like to do that physically and you haven't done it digitally there is a giving box just outside the auditorium for you i'll invite you all to stand with me as i pray us out 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for waking each and every one of us up this morning, Lord God. Lord God, it is not a coincidence and it is not a mistake if we are here in person or if we are tuning in online, Lord God. And we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the message that we have just heard, Lord God. God, we thank you that we can come to you and ask you for wisdom when we need it. Lord God, we thank you that you will give it to us generously. Lord God, we thank you that your word says that if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will you also give good gifts to us? So God, we thank you. We thank you that you are over and above our challenges with finance, with health, with kids in school and so many different things that we are trying to navigate through in this season, Lord God. We thank you that we can take each and every situation to you and that you actually care about every little detail of all of the things in our lives, Lord God. We thank you that you are in the details. We ask that you would be with us throughout our week. As we exit here, help us to drive safely. Help us to just meditate on your word. Help us to feed ourselves daily with your word until we meet again. We love him and we thank you. We pray this in your son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. See you all next week in person or online.